I think I'm beating a dead horse, but Dan seems to think that people actually care about what this episode's going to be about. It's time to do a podcast. Welcome to Pop Bless America. I'm Jim. And I'm Dan. So, Sheriff Lamb, welcome. Thank you. I got to bring you two on as my hype men all the time. Oh, all Get you have on. to do is just go along. Just put your mask on. Just because I might not agree with it, that doesn't mean I lose my right to parent my kid. Leave, leave the jokes to me, Chief. This is what gets Jim fired up. It's not communism that's going to destroy this country. It's not socialism that's going to destroy this country. What's going to destroy this country is apathy. Don't count on anybody coming to save you. It is time to save ourselves. Look, I just want to move along. I want to move on with my life. And you can after this episode. (laughs) Shit. Okay? Because let me tell you something. We were supposed to already have an episode in the bag, and apparently some people were working behind your back to throw you a party, uh, which was a a great time. Okay? We uh, we were supposed to be in here. Uh, You knew you had to come. You knew we were about to get into it. Uh, And then you came home, and there was a bunch of people in yeah no it was a great party <laughs> just just threw just threw a surprise party for me and i never saw it coming you know when i was coming home there was a lot of cars parked on the street there was you know a buddy of mine's truck was parked next door but i didn't recognize any of this because i was on the phone i was so engaged in my conversation <laughs> and when i got out i was still talking on the phone and and ella my youngest didn't go inside like she's just out there she leaning was, on the hood. She was lurking. Yeah, she's leaning on the hood. And I remember thinking while I'm talking, I'm like, why isn't she going inside? This doesn't make any sense. But I was so engaged in my conversation. And then got off the phone and walked in and, yeah, surprise. And mom. it's a good thing you didn't take the walkway up because oh, this beans. was this was catered by Chipotle. And they spilled the beans in a literally path all the way to the freaking door. Black bean juice all the way up to the front I door. I was like, what happened here? Was this like this when he left? And she was like, no. And I was like, oh, he's if he comes in this way, he's going to know. So funny <laughs> story. I mean, there's still a little bit left there. You can see it. I came out that night or the next night, and it was really dark. The lines were really dark. And I'm like, what the hell? And I turned my light on on my phone, and I look at it. Dude. Ants? potato bugs oh eating the shit out of that wow i mean from start to finish right so they took a lot of it down now props to chipotle she called and they gave her 180 bucks off that order because she spilled the beans she didn't they did oh when they brought it Mm -hmm. oh i didn't know i wasn't i wasn't in on that yep so so anyway um we, we I also got 21 bottles of bourbon or 20 bottles of bourbon out of the deal everybody that came had to bring a bottle of bourbon apparently and the flag. And the flag from, from Fox's, Fox's Fired, Fired Up, up flags. flags. This thing was awesome. Yeah. We'll put a picture of it in the comments of this show, or when we post this show, we'll put it in the picture. I mean, that guy does work, and oh. he did work yeah. for Paul Engel. Paul Engel from the Constitution Did you study. see that flag? Yep. We're going to post that picture, too, because, yeah. man, did he do it. I can't wait to talk to him. Yeah, he did a great uh, – yeah. yeah, I feel bad. Paul's texted me throughout this thing. Mm-hmm. I've just been so tied up my own life. That's true. That's true. Uh, but I want to get his take on a lot of what's going on. Uh, so we may have him on in the near future. Uh, such a good dude. I, I, I love the work he's doing. Yeah. But he. Uh, so, Paul, good. I mean, if you listen to these last two episodes, you'll understand why. I, I Apparently, I did not uh, get back to you. We have been on hold here for a month while. Uh, and he does. He listens to our show. Sure. I'll put a show up. And, I mean, by Tuesday. If it's something that has to do with the Constitution, I'm getting a message from him like, yep, guy's got it wrong here. <laughs> I'm like, God dang it, Paul. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I, sorry. I thought it was right. <clears throat> so I wanted to, besides, so we had the party. Uh, it was last minute. And then not only was it last minute, we changed the date. It wasn't yeah, originally supposed to be on a on, She was worried that I day. was working a wedding or something that I was supposed to work. Right. Which I could have worked, I guess, because I didn't really. Well, but I would have no, been, been on day shift and I, I would have showed resigned. up. I would have showed up late. So it was like we, we ended up switching it at the end. Uh, sorry for the people that couldn't make it that 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 got the invite. Um, but the people that you did have there, um, that was a good time. And everybody was gone by nine thirty. Perfect. <laughs> you know, I had to go to work the next day. It no, was perfect, rough. man. Look, I, I man, look, I love having them guys over. I don't want to be up till two three o'clock in the morning. I can tell you that. Jack. I left at eleven thirty, bud. No. Yes. It was earlier than that. Dude, I left at 11.30. I had to bring- Maybe it was 11.30 then. It was yeah. not late by the time no, everybody left. No, it wasn't left. late. We brought, we brought Shambalam home. 
Lauren was yeah. like, Lauren was like, I, I like. She, Lauren was like, I like Chamberlain. Yeah, I go, good. I knew you would. He's a good dude. Chamberlain is awesome. Dude, I walked in, saw him. I'm like, what? <laughs> Did you come all the way up from down there? Fuck. He's like, <laughs> what do he say? He's like, well, I was here for whatever. Yeah. You know, I'd already yeah. come up. He goes. But yes, <laughs> yes, I did. Um, I, I, we didn't take a lot of pictures. I did catch some pictures just because I knew she was going to need them because she was caught up really trying to entertain and, and do what she uh, was going to do. And the people that showed up, they all they all cared for you. Um, I liked how you and uh, the guy that you spent a lot of time on the force with uh, were looking at the pictures. I got that picture of you guys kind of going over like some history. Um, but what I also noticed, and this is kind of a common theme, like I, I would always tell people that when I do a show or when I talk to you about when someone comes up to me and was like, man, Larkin back in 96, he did this to me. And then I'll be like, man, he did this, did so-and-so. And you're like, that's not how it went down at all. <laughs> exactly. Right. Everybody's but, got a story and it's usually wrong. Yeah. But then, but then when you and, and the person who we're talking about were sitting there telling a story, um, you both had a little bit of conflicting uh, uh, ways of the, of the way it went down. Which one? Uh, the one where uh, he thought you pepper sprayed somebody and you're like, I didn't pepper spray him that day. Uh, the guy that like threw his hands down on the. On oh, the yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Power's yeah. blood, baby. <laughs> You yeah. guys had, like, like he thought it went one way, you thought it went the other. And that's just, I mean, I see that with my sisters. My sisters would be like, do you remember that day when, when mom did this? And I'm like, that, no, I was there. That's not how it went. Right, on, right. Right. But they, you know, they've been living that their whole entire time. And that's, that's the thing. So. Well, and that's the way it works. Right. So they start telling their buddies all this, this story about how I was such an asshole. And then it just goes on through the years. And the more they say it, the more they believe it. <laughs> and the bigger asshole you turn yeah. into. And then, yeah, right? It's like anything else. You tell the story too many times. Um, I always got this joke where, um, you know, I would thank you for your service and you retired. You always tell me, oh, you're welcome for my service. And I'm always like, stick it up your ass. I'm not telling you. But I'm here today to raise a glass and say thank you for your service in the city of Ridgeville. Oh, dude, <laughs> hold on. No, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. My headphones cut out for a second. All right. So I heard I'm here today, uh-uh. and then it all cut out. So could you, what did you say? I'm here today. Yeah. So you focus now? I got it. Okay. I can hear it. Are working? Yep. They're working. I, because it's my town, yep. and it's only because it's my town, yep. thank you for your service in the town of North Ridgeville. Uh, they went out one more time. Oh. If you could. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome for my service. Half your life dedicated to it. And if you listen to last week's episode, you know um, the gist. If you listen to his live, you know why he had to move. I don't want to relitigate any of that. Um, Because you got to be careful. Well, I mean, I think we need to. I I, I mean, you're going to have to talk about some of it, right? Okay. Um, And when when I did my live, um, I had people, they were like, oh, my God, he's going to sue you. I said, for what? I said, I'm telling my story. Everything I said was true. I had the numbers to back it up. There's nothing okay, I guess we'll spend three days then while I get through my witness list. You know, sure. I'm not, I'm not worried about it. And look, my problem is not, not with him personally. I, I've never had a problem with the chief personally. In fact, you know, until I read you guys the complaint that I had sent over um, on my live, um, until he went off on me that day and treated me so horribly, I would go up to his office and I would sit there, and we would talk. We would you guys t- have years in together. Yeah, we got hired together, basically. Right. I mean, my unit's 39, his is 41. He got okay. hired right after me. Okay. And, yeah, we would talk, and it was never about work, right? I mean, we'd bitch about the young guys. We'd bitch about whatever, you know, and just policing. But yeah. it was always about retiring and always about, you know, I mean, he's the same way. He wants property. He wants to get away from people. He's going to be done with all this, right? And we would talk about that stuff. I mean, we were as friendly as he would be. Okay, he's never been one of those guys. Now, back when I had a boat when he was new, me and him were out on Lake Erie. Did he have gas money? Uh, I don't remember, but I had I had that sign up. I tell you, that yeah. sign, yeah. yeah. This boat runs on gas, <laughs> not thanks. Run on thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm sure he did. I don't know. Um, but, you know, we were friendly. And until he went off on me and just, I mean, that's where, that's where it all changed for me, man. 
when he went off on me that day, and if you want to know what that was all about, you'll have to go back and listen to the live. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that's where it all changed. And I, I'd never gone back up to his office since. And I can't blame you for that. I was, I was just, um, uh, what's, what's the word? I mean, I, he was able to throw all that away just so easily, right? There was no appreciation. There was no appreciation for our friendship. There was no appreciation for the 30 years I had put in here. Um, when I left, and I said this last week, when I left, I was conflicted. I went to the captain because, you know, er- every day is shift change. When we got guys leaving left and right, man. We're bleeding guys at this police department. And he would tell us at shift change, hey, look, fellas, you know, if you're going to go somewhere, just be a man. Be a man and tell us, you know. Be a man, tell us so that we can plan. Nobody ever tells them mm-hmm. because they're afraid of retaliation. I get it. I made the decision, knowing full well what was probably going to happen, to tell them. So when I turned in that application packet, I went to, the, to Captain Jones, and I told him, hey, look, just so you know, I applied at North Olmstead. Process hasn't started. But I applied. And their response basically was, hey, if you want, well, not basically. His response was, if he wants to leave, let him leave. Um, you know, at that point, it would have been so easy to keep me. I did not want to go. I was looking for any reason to stay. I really was. Had the mayor come to me, had the chief come to me. And the mayor says he didn't come to me because he knew there was going to be a grievance. Because what happened was they retaliated, not they, he uh, chief retaliated against me, took my dog away. Uh, for six weeks, Leo was retired. Um, unilaterally, just took him away uh, because I applied somewhere else. Um, filed a grievance on it. Six weeks later, we won the grievance. Um, the mayor found that the chief was retaliatory in his actions, and we got, the, we got Leo reinstated. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Leo had kidney issues. Um, things are a little tight for me right now. <laughs> Uh, you know, I got a lot going on in my life and mm-hmm. I did not have the money for this, for the care that he needed, but I did have supplies. I did have the kidney food. What I tried to do was to make those last, right? I tried to ration them out a little bit sure. instead of giving him fluids every four days. I was giving him fluids every eight days, right? Instead of giving him strictly kidney food, I was mixing kidney food with regular food. Um, and the regular food had protein in it, which is horrible for his kidneys. But I thought that would get me through. That's on me. Um, it did not get me through. And, in fact, it caused a lot of damage. By the time he came back, he only had a couple weeks. Um, he was still at 100%. Um, the day we came back training, after the mayor reinstated him, I sent the mayor videos of Leo working so that he could see that Leo, because the chief had gone to him and told him that I had to physically pick Leo up to put him in the car. Wow. Which was crazy. So the mayor had videos of Leo jumping in and out of the car, chasing his ball, doing bite work. I mean, mm-hmm. Leo was still 100%. To hear the vet explain it, though, is these dogs, especially the dogs that are strong, um, they, will, uh, they will make accommodations for their kidneys failing, right? Their body, they'll, they'll shift resources, whatever, yeah. um, until... There is just nothing left in those kidneys, and there's nothing, nothing that they can shift at that point, and that's what happened. We went to work on a Monday. He was fine. Tuesday, he woke up and was not himself. I took him in. His levels were high. They said, hey, let's put him in the hospital. We'll give him IV fluids. We'll flush his kidneys out. Hopefully, that'll work. Wednesday, they said, hey, he's doing great. Levels are down by half. Thursday, they called back, and they said, look, the levels are worse than they ever were. He was just trying to rally yesterday. It's not going to work, mm-hmm. and we put him down that night. Um, and nobody will ever convince me that the chief didn't have something to do with that, either knowingly or unknowingly. Um, that six weeks really hurt him, but I also blame myself. Um, you know, I, I could have borrowed money. I could have begged, borrowed, and still. I mean, we could have started a GoFundMe, and you know how people feel about uh, the dog. Your sister wanted to, and I told her to stand by on it until I see what was happening. Um, you know, I didn't want to go to people. I didn't want to ask. Um, I could have gone. I mean, my dad would have given me the money in a second. I would have gave you the money in a second. I, I know you would have. Um, I didn't want to ask. I thought I could pull it off, just cutting st- things back for six weeks. I didn't realize how much damage that was going to do. Um, if I had to do over again... I would have borrowed money from everybody to keep them going. Sure. Now, it would have only bought them a couple months. If kidneys that, kidneys if were going to get them, if and that. I knew that. And I was honest with the mayor about it. Um, I mean, the kidneys were eventually going to get them, but they should not have got them as quick as they got them. Uh, so anyway. But you it know, also should have been your choice. It, it should have been, and it's always been. It's always been the handler and the dog decide when that dog is going to retire. That's the MO, right? Yeah. 
Nobody tells that dog when he wants to retire. And Leo did not want to retire. When, when Leo was off for six weeks, him watching me go to work, I mean, he was depressed. He was like, he, where are you going with that? What? No, seriously, bro. You're putting the belt on. He's like, juice. Mm. Seriously. Uh, so what he would do every day is he'd come over when I was getting ready for work and he'd smell my pants because he knew the difference between my work pants and my training pants. Okay. So when I had those training pants on, he the pants, yeah, he, was he knew because he was going to do it all that day. Ah. It was time to go bite somebody. Yep. It was time to find dope. It's it work. was Right. He would smell those pants, man. He would start spinning around. I mean, to the point that I'm like, fucking knock it off. Would you stop? Uh, yeah. I mean, he was, he would get crazy with it. Um, but, but he did, he got depressed, noticeably depressed. Um, he wasn't his normal self. Um, the worst thing you can do to a working dog is make him stop working before he wants to stop working. Mm -hmm. That's it. And I had told the vet, um, that my plan was to work him until the day that he didn't want to work anymore. And that's when we were going to call it quits. I was going to put him down that day. Um, because if he decided he didn't want to go to work anymore, it's because he felt so bad that he did not want to go to work. And that's exactly what we did, man. I mean, I don't, I don't regret that part of it at all. Mm -hmm. uh, we went to work Monday. Everything was great. Tuesday, he decided, uh, he was just kind of standing in the door and he was looking at me and he had this look in his eyes that I knew something was wrong. And I called him come to work and he just stood there and i'm like leo fucking come on come and see come and see here he came out and i told him to load up in the car and kind of looked at me i told him to load up again he finally jumped up in there but it was all begr begrudgingly and i knew i knew even though i mean when i took him to the vet i knew you know he was a working dog man he liked working and when he didn't want to go to work i knew that was it yeah um but uh Nah, I'm good. There's no video. I'm dripping sweat over here in our 150-degree <laughs> blast furnace that we do this show in. Um, it's a bunker. What do you want to do? It is a bunker. So, but getting back to why I left, um, I, I, go ahead. I mean, I, maybe that's where you were going to go. But no, 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 no. Finish your thought. Before well, I getting back off. to why I left, I mean, that was part of it. The way he treated me, uh, when I put Leo down, um, I'm a... For this department, I'm a 27-year canine handler, and this was my last dog. Everybody knows it was my last dog. This is the end of an era for me. Um, I've always been known as a canine handler. I'm known throughout the county as a canine handler. This is my identity here. The longest-serving canine handler in Lorain County? I believe that's true. I mean, where, where, where do you stack up in the state of Ohio? I guess we got to figure that out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But, <laughs> yeah, 27 years, um, I was a canine handler. And uh, when I put him down, Chief couldn't even be bothered to send me up you know, a text, couldn't send me an email, fruit basket, nothing saying, Hey, sorry about your dog. All he did when he retired him unjustly, um, was make me give him my dollar. Yeah. Uh, the state of Ohio, you got to buy your dog for a dollar from, uh, from the city when you retire him. And he was calling my cell phone. He was just hounding me on my time off. Hey, I need that dollar. I need that dollar. Then he ordered, uh, Sergeant Corey Sabo to tell me to turn in this dollar to him and tells Corey, don't you give him that dollar. This dollar comes from him. And I'm like, well, what the fuck's it matter where it comes from? If Corey wants to pay my dollar, who cares where it comes from? All you want is a dollar. Nope. But everything is vindictive with this guy. Yep. So I gave him the dollar. Um, they reinstated the dog. I put the dog down while he was an active working dog. Still to this day, don't have my dollar. You didn't do a roll of pennies? I did four quarters. Oh, I did a roll of pennies. Well, I had them. I had two rolls of pennies. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Uh, like I've said before, I always had the high road, and I, I just I couldn't bring myself to do it. Gold dollar, maybe, Susan. Guys at work told me to unroll the pennies and just throw them in his box. Wow. <laughs> Here, sweep these up, bud. <laughs> one guy told me to take them in to his door mm -hmm. and flick each one under his door. So when he came in, they were just all over the floor. Ugh. But eh. <laughs> give him a dollar thirty-seven Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> give him seventy-two cents in Chinese yuan. <laughs> give him seven hundred cents of Chinese yuan. Oh, oh shit. shit! So, but that's where we're going with this. So it is the end of an era. And on the Facebook page, I wanted the people who follow this show, who've known you, you know, all our lives. I want to know. I wanted them to give us, you know, oh, and, and it was originally for, yeah, for me to use for this show, but for you to also read. And I don't know if you've got to read all of them. I've read, but, uh, I've I, read I want, every single yeah, comment. Yeah. And at least, so at least, you know, if you can 
opine or not opine about some of the stuff they say. So let me start off with one that you don't know uh, because it just happened to me yesterday. I was in Columbus, Ohio yesterday in a town called Marysville. I was at a graduation party for a family member of mine, and Jerry Scully was there. Oh, yeah, I remember Scully. Okay, so Scully's there, and we're talking about the situation. Uh, the people who I was with, the, the wife of the guy who I was with, is active in Marysville City. She was talking about how their city is not run like ours. They have a like a committee instead of a mayor, and mm-hmm. like, so it's one of those kind of kind of cities. And we spoke a little bit about city what's going manager. on. Yeah, so we and we talked a little bit about what's going on, and and Scully was like, "You got a podcast with Larkin?" And I was like, "I thought you knew Scully," and he was like, "No, I didn't." But like, he's the reason I got into canine work. He goes. I did a ride along with them and that motivated me to, you know, to take the path that he took. And he was like, I sent him a message to thank him and he never got back to me. Where'd he send it? I don't freaking know. I don't listen, listen, listen. I remember every message I don't respond to. I don't remember. (laughs) And I know Jerry, I would have never, I would have never blown Jerry off like that. I don't remember ever seeing that now, message. Well, think about it like this. He got into canine work, and then in 2001, he had a real bad accident right. in his Jeep, and then he had to go on disability. Mm-hmm. So it was probably pre-Facebook, pre-whatever. You know, he might have left you a freaking voicemail on your home line at your parents' house. You never <laughs> <Exactly>. know. <laughs> left you a message on the answering machine. Yeah. Um, Oh but, man, come on, Jerry! I no, didn't. no, I'll get you in touch with them so you can so you can hear him and, and and get the thanks from him because he was, you can hear it in his voice how much it meant to him to and how much that ride along changed his life and and made him want to get into handling. So if that was, if that was in the nineties, that was your first dog, right? That would have been your first yeah, dog. That was Bosco, ninety six. Right. Yep. So uh, that is somebody who, uh, just so weirdly was yet you know when I was at a graduation party in Marysville, Ohio, to get that story when um, I didn't even, uh, there was a bunch of people I didn't even push the podcast on like I normally do when I go to a party. People I don't know, I'm like, oh, you listen to podcasts? Oh, you uh, check this out, you know, and I'm always harassing people. But this came up when I was just having a conversation at their at their backyard pond, and Scully was like, what? Wait, what? So I, I, was, I was happy to hear him say it and have a good story about it. And, and you do influence people, and you don't even understand that you do. But what I want to know, I want to hear the backstory from Tom. I've got one, Tom says in the comments. <laughs> I know, I already read this one. Ask Jim about a canine training day at the visitor center when Rick Walker was with us. We were in the parking lot talking, and I think I dared Jim to do something. I did. He ran and locked himself in his cruiser. Now, I felt like, did you guys throw a big old rock at a hornet's nest? And then no, you... I feel like that's not what happened. No, oh, I, I feel this like... happens all the time. Well, no, 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 no. I don't remember how it started. Uh-huh. Um, now, Rick did comment on it and say, oh, the memories. One of the funniest things ever. So, oh, my God. I don't even know if I should tell this story. That's what I'm saying. You can. You can. We got more. You don't have to. Want to come back to it? Do you want to come back to it? Because I because if you do God damn I can't I can't I okay I can't tell <laughs> I can't tell that story right. I can't Hey that's uh, fine I'll tell you Okay good uh, <laughs> Can't change the name to protect the innocent Fuck <laughs> dude You know what You want me to pause this real quick Tell you and then we can come back No Oh you no. should I want to because go. you're going to come back Literally tears rolling down your okay, face Okay but we don't have time for that well, I want to You're not going to know it That's good. it This All is right. your only chance Okay then This is your only chance I'm dead You're dead to me. I want to. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm gonna dump this whole fucking bottle out on the floor. Um, there's one story on here that 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 literally gave me chills when I read it. Oh God. Okay, because I understand how important what you did was, and I don't think that you knew at the time when you did it how important it was. But I know this dude. I went to school with this dude, and that's Pat Ackerman. Pat Ackerman said he got in trouble as a teen partying, had a few charges. And he wanted to join the military. They wouldn't accept him because of the charges. The Army recruiter suggested that he petition the court for dismissal. The recruiter went to NRPD and asked for more information. And then you went to bat for him. Said you were familiar with him. 
uh, told them that uh, you felt that uh, it was just an incident, him being a kid, and he believed, and you believed he was a good kid. Still getting goosebumps. Look, look at that. Still getting them because that's important in his life. You changed his fucking life. No, listen, man. Ackerman, Ackerman hung out with the wrong kids. Oh, is there more? There's more. Okay, There's more. Okay. Uh, and he believed you, you believed he was a good kid. The judge on the phone told him not to worry about filing or coming in. She was going to dismiss it right away. And because of that, I was accepted. Yeah. Ackerman was a good dude, man. Still is. Yeah. Uh, well, and I haven't talked to him forever, but mm-hmm. he was a good kid back then. Um, just made a couple stupid mistakes like we all do. Yep. Right. And I remember that. And I remember recognizing the fact that this kid's life and you need a little background on me. Um, when I was in high school, I had failed Mr. Abbey's American government class <laughs> and American government was a, that was a mandatory class. If you don't pass that class, it's either summer school or you got to come back to uh, you, you fail and you got to come back next year. I had already been um, accepted into the United States Army. I was supposed to leave July 19th, so I could not do summer school. Um, I had failed Mr. Abbey's class, and my dad went and sat down with Mr. Abbey and said, hey, look, this kid, this kid does not have a lot of choices. He does not have a lot of opportunity in front of him. The Army is the only thing that can save his life. You can fail him, and that's his fault, but just know that, that his course is set at that point. And uh, Mr. Abbey bumped my grade up to a D. He said, look, I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to take a chance on this kid. I'm going to take a chance. What you're telling me is the truth. Bumped me up to a D. I went into the Army, excelled in the Army, and here I am today. And had it not been for that, God, speaking of goosebumps, man. Right. Had it not been uh, for Mr. Abbey's mercy, I would not be where I am today. I don't know where I would be, but it would not be sitting here right now. Mm. And... You know, that was never lost on me. And when I saw Ackerman, that's, that's what I thought, man. I was like, you know what? That, that one act should not define this kid's life. This could ruin this kid's life. This could be the one thing that gets this kid out of this. And you weren't picking him up weekend after weekend. No. He wasn't somebody. And you know what? You he didn't was, even know who he was when, when you first got to Listen, him. man, he was one of those kids that uh, he would get in trouble or do stupid shit or he'd be at parties or, he, you know, he'd be caught up. And he was always respectful. And that's what went so far with me, yep. right? Mm-hmm. He was always respectful. He was yep. never spitting on us or yelling at us or calling us names or, you know. Um, I do. I remember that, man. And I'm glad he's doing well. Uh, because had you been like, well, listen, I was at this trap house the other day. And Ackerman was in there all shot up, laying there <laughs> half naked on a, on a soiled mattress, yeah. right, with bugs went, all over his face. I went to bat for you, bro. <laughs> yeah. Then I would have been like, God damn it. Why you, bud? So no, no, I'm glad, man. I'm glad. So he, uh, he was so, a good kid. Yeah, and that, like, you know, I remember reading that when he when he first put it up, and I was like, man, I, I get it because I've been in that same situation where I had a chance to to, to pull somebody up with me, and I did. Um, but now I want to get to Wayne Fox. Well, I want to also talk about the fact that I should probably check. <laughs> I should probably check in on the Pod Bless page more. Are these on the page? Yeah, yeah. I I've been a little preoccupied. Wayne Fox threw one on there. I want to add Wayne Fox into this one because he does so much for the show. Sure. We got our flag from Fox's Fired Up Flags. We got uh, people that reached out that got flags. He gave you a flag at the party. He showed up. He couldn't stay that long, but, man, he showed up. Um, And he said he first knew of you in high school, mostly because you towered over everyone like a giraffe. Um, He doubted that you knew him because he was a sophomore and you were a senior. A few years later, he was coming off the turnpike westbound on Lorraine, which is funny because that's the last place I saw you when I was going camping. Uh, you were parked right there at the motel, hotel right there by your favorite lunch spot. Um, and I want uh, it was Friday before I knew Sunday was your last day. And I had the four-wheeler in the back and the camper, and I saw you, and I was like, I should flick him off one last time. And I, did. I had nothing to lose at that point. You very well could have got your shit towed. And it beat up on the side of the road. You could have very well got your shit towed. and your, I would have towed your, your four-wheeler to a different location. There, your trailer to a third location. There would have been shit everywhere. But I, thinking that, I was like, I'm just going to get on the turnpike, go have my, go have my camping trip. And, and I, I still knew you were dealing with all the bullshit, so I didn't do it. So you, you pop him. Uh, for speed, and while you talked, uh, you learned that he planned on taking the upcoming civil service test for NR, um, and and um, 
guys laughed and you gave, you gave him a warning, wished him luck. Um, he did enter law enforcement as auxiliary and rode with you a few times. Um, and you really inspired him. If you can read it, I mean, he's got stories about Bosco in here. Um, and he, uh, brings up a story about how you're making fun of their lights when you got your new lights. Like he's real, he's real deep, but, um, somebody like Wayne who, who you inspired, uh, who's only a a few years younger than you to be an auxiliary. I mean, auxiliary isn't, you know, um, I would see the auxiliary cops a lot working the corn fest. I would see the auxiliary cops working a lot, a little bit of traffic. If, uh, if you got to, you know, do traffic and all that. So, it's it's a good step in the right direction. You know, uh, we we, uh, we say our, the auxiliaries used to be, and until this chief got rid of them, um, used to be our farm league, right? We got a lot of cops from the auxiliary, especially if you're like this kid's got potential, right? We knew them. We got yeah. Chris Odie, Calvin Cross, Wayne uh, Wayne Fox went on to law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, I think John Metzo uh, was an auxiliary. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, so we we got a lot of good cops out of the auxiliary. Mm-hmm. Um, that was another program that Chief is shit can, but you know. Anyway, <laughs> so good, you know, good on Wayne. Like I said, he's he's helped this podcast out. Uh, he he's gave us this flag with our with our insignia on it, and um, we're probably gonna have to fight for it at the end of the show. Uh, <laughs> or we'll just have shared custody. Every two weeks, I have a blank spot on my wall. <laughs> uh, Barbara Warig. You know who that is? Roig. Roig? Oh, I call it Roig. Roig. Okay. She, Matt Roig. I went to school with Matt. Right. She says here she's known you since you were a young teenager. He and my son Matt were friends. Construction was going on at the intersection of Jaycox and Center Ridge, and I cut through Ron's Barbershop, and this is when Ron's Barbershop was on the other side of the parking lot facing south, or facing north, I mean. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's back in the day. Um, you, uh, pulled her over. You asked for a driver's license. Uh, he didn't recognize me, but, uh, looked at it and saw my last name, leaned into the window and said, do you know who I am? And I said, of course I do. <laughs> Gives me back my license and said, please don't do that again. Uh, cause the barbershop was complaining about people cutting through. Uh, you could have gave her a ticket, but being the kind of cop you were, the warning was enough for me. Trust me, Jim. I never did that again. So that is um, that was one of my big problems with the department. Um, The chief has gone to a revenue-based policing model where nothing matters more than tickets. Do they need need that money? Uh, Or is that money for the city, not the department? Well, it's money for the city. It's, I, I I don't know exactly how it's earmarked. Um, I I know mayor's court. um, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but um, he is he is big on tickets. Um, the the running joke with us is, I mean, you could you could arrest a guy for murder, um, murder, rape, and child pornography, and you, as you're bringing him back, the, the going joke is, <laughs> but but what traffic violation did you have? Because if you don't have a traffic ticket, none of that other shit matters, bro. Um, my thing has always been, and this is the way it should work, right? We take enforcement action to change behavior. Now, if that, if that means a verbal warning will change behavior, then that's all you have to do. But if you think when you get up there and you're trying to give somebody a warning, and, and it's the old, old adage, right, where it's easy to talk yourself into a ticket, very hard to talk yourself out of one. If we get up there and I'm trying to give you a warning and you just want to argue every fucking point, you're just not letting me get a word in. You're telling me, you know, oh, I wasn't speeding. I want to see your radar. And I'm like, I'm trying to give you a warning. Well, you should have never stopped me in the first place. I will turn around and tell you I will be right back. And I will come back with your ticket because I tried to give you a warning now at this point, but I know that that warning is not going to change your behavior. So mm-hmm. now we're going to have to take it up a notch, right? We're going to have to hit you in the pocketbook and hopefully this is going to change your behavior. That's how it's supposed to work. Uh, they told us, look, you know, it's all about contacts. It's all about stops now. That's all we care about. Okay. Went back and I made 20 stops, 30 stops a month. Okay. Wrote like five tickets. So I got called upstairs and I was told, hey, man, great month. You're really out there hitting it. But I need you to turn some of those warnings into tickets. And I remember talking to him and I said, if they needed tickets, I would have given them tickets. I mean, you're asking me now to go and and give somebody a ticket I don't think necessarily deserves a ticket. So why would I do that other than money? 
I mean, there's no other reason for me to give somebody a ticket if I thought that talking to them and giving them a warning and educating them on whatever law they broke was going to change their behavior. Why would I turn that into a ticket? So, yeah, I mean, I slowed down again, and now I learned not to stop so many cars. So the cars that I did stop were egregious and got tickets, right? I'd stop your 55 and a 35. I got no problem writing that ticket. I mean, you're doing 20 over. There's shit. no excuse. Yeah. Right, right. You're getting the ticket. Driving under suspension, you're getting the ticket, right? Uh, expired plates is a good one. It costs you a little bit of money, but no points on your license. Keeps me out of the jackbox or the trick box. And, um, but, but, yeah, I, so, like, for her... That's exactly why I gave her a warning. I never did that again. Did you hear it? Yep, she said it. I right, never I never again. did that again. So I never did it again. So me giving her a warning, why would I now cost her $200 to get the same effect that we got with a warning? Why would I do that? It's called good police work. Well, but maybe you should have wrote the ticket to get the numbers up. You piece <laughs> exactly. Piece of shit. You're a horrible policeman. Next story. All right. Uh, in full transparency, this one is my brother-in-law, Chris Swank. My question is, you know the story because he tells you about it all the time. He loves to talk about it. Um, he knew, uh, we all knew who you were when you got on the force because we were all going to school with your sister at the time. And our older siblings knew who you were, right? Um, and I talked to the, the officer uh, that's close to you uh, at your party about how you had your chest out when you first got to the job. You, you don't deny that, right? No, everybody does. You were a cowboy. Uh, no, I felt like 43 was, uh, was a level-headed dude the whole time. <laughs> from, from what Christ. I saw. Okay, go ahead. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Shout out 43. Yeah. That guy. Um, so my brother-in-law says, Jim pulled me over in Mills Creek one time when I was 16, maybe 17. I was speeding, and, and uh, he asked, you didn't see me sitting in the driveway? And I said, no, and this is before your low-key cars that you guys have now. <laughs> um, and I said, I honestly didn't with my teenage smirk. And he sees my driver's license, and then he puts in parentheses that his dad was your FTO at one point, uh, which is field training officer, and says, shit, you got to be kidding me. Um, well, are you going to tell your dad or should I, is the comment that you made to him. And his response was, yeah, I'm sorry, I'll tell him. All right, get the hell out of here and slow down, Jim says. He said, later that evening at dinner, I fess up. Turns out Jim already told him. <laughs> I didn't get in trouble. Lesson of the day, tell the truth, and it will set you yeah, free. Yeah, man, that's always my thing. I always tell them kids, I'm like, would they rather hear it from you or from me? <laughs> and I always follow up, always. I never trust those kids to tell them. I always follow up. Okay. So, you, yeah, truth will set you free, my so, friend. So back then you couldn't read the plates and find out who it was? Or you didn't put it together until you got oh, the I could have. Well, back then we had to call dispatch, and dispatch oh. would tell us who it was. But so once you, you saw the, the plate, you wouldn't call it in because you didn't want to throw that guy's name all over the radio. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. So, yep. um, yeah, we didn't have MTTs back then. Uh, but, yeah, no, that's it's probably right. That sounds about like something I would do. <laughs> uh, but think how much of an impact well, You know, and makes. I've always had a soft spot for 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds, and old folks, right? Because 16, 17-year-olds, you get two tickets, you're suspended 90 and days. And your insurance goes through the freaking roof. Through the roof, man. And I've always had a soft spot. So as long as you're not acting like a complete asshole, right, rarely will I give a 16-year-old kid a ticket. Um, and same thing with old folks, man. I remember there was one time I was driving northbound on Jaycox, mm -hmm. and this old guy goes by me at like fucking fifty-seven or something on Jaycox. No other wow. traffic, but he's he's All fucking, in the mail. He's getting it, bro. <laughs> right. So I turn around, I get him stopped, and I get him stopped up on Center Ridge, and I walk up, and he's wearing a World War II vet hat. And at the time, he was probably eighty. Um, and I said, uh, he gave me his license. And he's calling me sir. And I said, were you in World War II? And he tells me about his time in World War II. And um, I gave him his license back. And I said, sir, I said, listen, you were doing 57 miles an hour. I would appreciate it if you could slow down a little bit. But in all honesty, you can do 57 miles an hour over my front lawn. Right? <laughs> you've earned so your time. Luke. I did. I said, you've, you've earned the right to do whatever the fuck you want to do here. <laughs> so I appreciate you. But can you do me a favor and just slow down? He says, yes, sir. I am so sorry, sir. And... You know, mm -hmm. on his way. But, but you know what? That's one of those tickets, 57, 35, boom. I mean, it, in these days with this chief, if you got caught with body cams not writing that ticket, you're on the carpet. 
I can assure you of that. Wow. He came out with a policy now because he knew guys were giving warnings for speeds that they should have been, in his eyes, writing tickets. So now, here's what we have to do. When you give a warning for a speeding offense, you have to get on the radio and say, 56239, I'm going to be clear, verbal warning speed, 51 and a 35. You have to say what the speed is. And then now, he would jump on the radio and say? No, okay. not necessarily. Okay. But now here's the thing, right? I can say verbal warning speed 44 and a 35. But then he'll go back and look at your body cam. And if your body cam doesn't say that you're stopping him for 44, let's just say it's 53, you're jackpotted, right? Rather so the other thing you can do guys. is you can update CAD on your own with the speed. That's probably the, the safest way to go instead of putting it out there for everybody to know. And he did the same thing with expired plates because there's a number in his eyes, in his mind, where you should be writing that ticket. And you know what? Let's just, whatever. Let's say I stop a single mom, right, who's trying to make ends meet. She's running three jobs, trying to keep these kids fed, doesn't realize what's going on. Boom, plate's been expired for three months. All right? And I tell her, and she's like, Jesus, I am so sorry. You know, I've got all this going on. I'm mm-hmm. a single mom. And I'm like, all right, just go get your plates renewed. All right? Or I give her a correction order. Go get your plates renewed. you got five days. It won't cost you anything. Now I have to get on the radio, and I have to say, verbal warning, expired plates, expired on, you know, April 23rd. And it's nothing more than jackpot you. That's what it is. That's so, shitty. It is shitty. Because I should have that discretion. Because every stop's not the same. Right. Sometimes you get that 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 mom who's coming down Lorraine Road at 54 miles an hour because her kids are acting like a bunch of assholes in the back seat, throwing shit around. Who knows what? Right. Three screaming car seats. Who knows? Yeah. Right. Yeah. She's going through some shit, man. Mm-hmm. And you get her stopped and things calm down for a second. And you're like, look, you were flying. And she's like, oh, thank you. And you yeah. let her go and you change the whole course of her day. Right, you get a guy who's running late for work, and you stop him, and he's hauling ass to get to work because he doesn't want to get fired. Does that guy A have two hundred dollars to give the city, and B have fifteen minutes to sit on the side of the road while I write this ticket? Mm -hmm. The answer to both is no. So you know, in that case, you know what I'm better off doing? Give him his license back. Say, look, I need you to slow down, get out of here. And there's been times I've even written a written warning so they could show their boss that he got stopped by North Ridgeville. You know. But what are you gonna what are you gonna accomplish there? This guy's trying to make ends meet, man. He's worried about getting fired. But you know what? Nah, we're gonna hold you up here for another fifteen minutes while we give you a ticket. You're gonna not only listen, not only are you getting fired, but we're gonna give you a two hundred dollar off coupon for your next paycheck. <laughs> right? That's what you call it. It's cold. Fuck. That's cold. So uh, real quick, I want you to touch on when you first started. Um, everyone had systems in their car. You don't really see it happening too much these days, but we were yeah. we were bumping. Yeah, um, I never did it because I didn't want to put that much stuff in my trunk just for it to get stolen when we were at Chanley's. <laughs> Chanley's. <laughs> or my CD case, or you know, we had removable face CD players back then. Yeah, yeah, Kenwoods. We, we didn't want our shit getting ganked. Is what was what was happening back then. But we were bumping, right? Uh, where were you at? I'm writing. I'm writing those tickets. Uh, again, I would stop them. Because North Ridgeville is a yeah. quality of life city. Right. Right. People move here because they don't want to listen to that. And so you're like, Stoney Jacobs, this is the fifth time. You'd be coming down Rose Bell. <laughs> right. And we're sitting there. We're like, what the fuck? So we'd stop. Yeah. And you know what? If the talking to seemed like it was going to work. And my thing was always like, look, man, you want to get on Center Ridge? You want to bump, bump. You want to get on 480 and bump, bump. But when you're down here on these streets... You got to turn your shit down. And if that worked, cool. But yeah, if I stopped you two, three, four times, then it was a ticket, right? Because at two o'clock in the morning, nobody wants to hear <laughs> as you're driving by their house. They're like, as your windows are rattling. <laughs> exactly. Dude, Stoney had the best bumps in the whole yeah, time. He did. Dude. You know, he's still married to April Dodd. Didn't I do? No. Damn, yep. dude. I, I would have never, when they got married, I was like, Ain't no way. <laughs> I was. I was like, ain't no way this is going to work. Uh, and here they are. He's good people. Kids. Yeah. 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 No, man. Him. He is. Good you know him. what? He was always good people. He was. He was, he was a good dude. Mm-hmm. Always respectful. All right. 
Um, so yeah, I just want to know about that because I was involved in a lot of that. We've got pulled over for bumping before. Yeah. You know what? Oh, it's like I tell the guys that are coming in here now, this is not Cleveland. It's not Detroit. It's not Chicago. If you want to go and you want to jump over fences, you want to arrest people, you want to get in shootings and stabbings every night, go work there. This is a quality of life city. People don't want to hear their dog, neighbor's dog barking. They don't want to hear loud stereos coming down their street. This is what you're signing up for, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. that's what it was. It wasn't because we were trying to fuck with anybody. But you know what? Rose Bell did not want to listen to the bumps at 1130 at night. That's what it was. Let's talk about Brandy McNulty. <laughs> Brandy McNulty said many years ago in my early 20s, I was walking home from malaria at night. I was in my pajamas. Jim stopped me and asked where I was going. He told me to get in and give me a ride home. He, uh, he had his dog with him, and I won't ever forget that. I was young and stupid back then, but I would hope someone would do the same for my kids if there ever were walking alone at night. You know, this is one I don't remember. Um, I can tell you that one of the things that shaped me as a policeman, I remember in the mid-'90s that I was on Center Ridge. I was heading westbound. And I don't remember where she worked, but there was a girl walking and a storm had come and it was just starting to pour. And I pulled up next to her and I said, where are you going? She said, work. I said, get in. I unlocked my car. She got in the back. Didn't search her. I mean, probably stupid, but she get in, gets in the back, close the door. We take off. We get stopped at the light at Jaycox or something. And the guy behind me pulls up, rolls down his window and he tells me, he goes, that's what policemen should be doing. <laughs> Seriously. Nice. And I've never forgot that. That's cool. And I took her to work, got her out and let her, you know, let her go inside. So yeah, with Brandy, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's just something I do, man. I got no problem. I, I probably search more people now instead of just letting them get in their, get in my car behind me without knowing who they are. <laughs> but uh, That comes with experience. Yeah. yeah <laughs> right. But uh, no, I mean, I, see, and these are the stories that I like to hear. I, I'm getting so many from people we know that are like, bro, listen, you arrested me five times, ten times. I hated cops. There was only a few cops that I liked, and you were one of the good ones. Mm-hmm. And that kind of shit means a lot to me, man. It does. Right. Because um, I always tried to be fair. I didn't let everybody go, but I always tried to be fair about it, you know? Mm-hmm. So Whitney Brooks, she talks about pretty sure he was volunteering his time at the Mills Creek Christmas parties. Uh, with Lolly the Trolley, Santa, and tons of fun for the kids. All the kids loved him. I mean, so did the parents, LOL. Always felt safe and protected. He truly just loved being part of the community. Man, we are losing a good one. Yeah, I, so Mills Creek paid us. I, I wasn't just volunteering my time. Uh, it was a side job that I would choose to do every year because those people down there were so great. Uh, it was, it, I mean, you'd be in there. It was like I was part of the party. It wasn't even like I was working, right? Sure. Um, and full disclosure, I was getting paid. But by Mills Creek. By Mills Creek. I mean, I guess I volunteered, right? I volunteered to do the job. And they wanted Just, you back every year. Yeah. Oh, they used to call and request me. And they're like, yeah. ah, we can't do that. We got to mm-hmm. put the job up. Mm-hmm. So in, in a sense, I guess I was volunteering, right? It wasn't like I came to work and I was ordered to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, that was, man, those were good times. Yeah, I love that association. Carrie Hamilton said, between this year and last year, mostly last year, Jim busted half an Earthridge Joe for running my reds on the bus on Lear Nagel. That's not true. That's not true. So North Ridgeville knows the deal, right? Very rarely are you stopping somebody from North Ridgeville running red lights. Because of somebody we know. Yeah, yeah. Very rarely. Almost every ticket is from out of, out of the city. I mean, there's some that are, but mm-hmm. there's a lot. But you know what? Carrie would run the, uh, she had a Lear Nagel route. She would yep. stop at the uh, uh, trailer park. Yep, used and to be would, Pine Ridge. It's yep, something else now. At North Ridge Cove. So yep. I would sit back there and just wait. She'd turn her lights on and... Mm-hmm. They'd have people blow by there. And that was one that I had zero tolerance on. I never let anybody go for running uh, red lights on a school bus. Ne- never one warning. Never one warning. Not even Holly. Nope. If you, <laughs> yeah. if you run red lights on a school bus, man, you're getting a ticket. So Dave Drennan, our, one of our top fans, has been yeah. on the show. He's a truck driver, a yep. uh, guy I went to school with. Um, who could ever forget the squeaky hubcaps on his car? We would know that officer was coming. Did, yeah, did your first patrol car have? Like, they all did. So, so all the all the the cars that had the, the, the actual hub caps that like you know yeah that you got to pop off to yep, get to the you'd lugs. be driving down the road and they'd be like. <laughs> so you're trying to do like a 2 a.m. creep. It was and you horrible, can't. dude. It was horrible. And then we used to fuck with each other and we'd take gravel <laughs> no. and we'd put them in the you in the wheels. The so when you were driving, it would be like. <laughs> oh, it was. Yeah, no, that was horrible. You could never creep up on somebody. And those were the days I used to park. I used to park and walk through the neighborhoods. I'd catch people. Dude, I'd run kids down back in those days. And I'd catch one of them kids. I wouldn't even arrest them. 
I'd get that kid and he'd be on the ground. And I'm like, you go tell your friends. Tell your friends I just ran you down. And I'd pick them up and just let them go. <laughs> gotcha, I would. I would. There was a kid. I used to walk back behind the high school during school hours because they'd go back there smoking weed yep. and stuff. Yep. And there was three of them. And they all took off different directions. And I took off after the sick gazelle. And I ran that kid down, and I caught him, and I never did. I never turned him into the school. I never turned him into anybody. I said, you make sure you go tell your friends that you are not going to you, you can't run from me. And I let him go. Yep. Do you remember who it was? I don't. Okay. I don't. All right. Uh, but on another note, uh, Michelle Shaudel Peters, uh, she, she graduated with you, and uh, you leaving the PD after 30 years makes my whole family sad. We had him on the big screen last night, and we were all glued to the TV, and that was during your life. People yeah. can cast their TVs now, and I've seen Holly do that before where she we were doing one of our Facebook Lives, and she uh, put us up on the TV. I thought I think that's a, that's pretty cool. So she said best of luck to you in North Olmstead. I appreciate it, man. I, uh, yeah, I just I hate leaving the city. I do. I, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Denise Antko, O-N-T-K-O. I'm saddened to learn the hor- horrific toxic environment that our police officers work in. I'm disgusted that and our forced a 30-year police officer that absolutely loved his job, loved the community, and was treated awful out. Says a lot about the current mayor. He needs to get along uh, with the chief. I wish Jim Larkin the best. I was glad to hear that the environment at the new place is exquisite. Uh, that's what Jim and other officers in NR deserve. A big loss for NR and a great gain for NO. Yeah, man. Um, I real. don't. And I told you last week, man, the, the stress that's off of me is noticeable. Mm-hmm. I, I go to work there, and, you know, it's funny because I'll walk in there in the morning, and it is just nothing but unbelievably loud laughter coming from down there in the squad room. And that, that goes on all day. It never stops. It's a family. Um, but I remember walking in, and, you know, the going thing at, at work is that you don't laugh. There's no laughing aloud in North Ridgeville. Because once you start laughing loud, you hear him because his office is right above the squad room. And you'll hear him stomping across the floor, and you'll hear him coming down the stairs. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and we're like, and then it's like cockroaches, bro. <gasps> like every door that can be opened, like guys are going out the front, guys are going out the side. We're just running, right? But if he sneaks up on us and we don't hear him coming, then he just starts with this, you know, bullshit I don't know what's about, so funny. Or yeah, I, yeah, yeah, shouldn't you be on the fucking road and, you know, yelling at everybody. Wow. So, but... You know, I walk in there and I hear this laughing and half the time you walk down there and their chief is in there with them, you know, and they're all laughing. They're upstairs laughing at lunch. They're, you know, it's just, it's a different environment. That's a good camaraderie. Because that chief trusts his guys to do their job. He doesn't need to be on them all the time. He knows they're going to do what they have to do. Mm -hmm. And because he trusts them. He trusts his lieutenants. His lieutenants are making sure that everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. Everybody gets along, man. And that's it important. Is, it's crazy, man. I, you don't realize how wild it is at a place that you are at until you get to somewhere that's run the way it should be run. You know, I keep going to them, and they tell me to do stuff, and I'm like, well, when does this do? And they're like, what are you, in middle school? <laughs> hey, fuck. I don't know. You're a fucking policeman. We trust you. Yeah. We trust you're going to get it done. Yeah. I mean, there's nobody there holding your hand. It's like with the policies. Our new guys, when they go through our policies, have to read them out loud to the chief. Huh. Yeah. Here, they're just like, eh. All the policies are online. They're through Lexapol, which is what almost every police department except us uses. Sure. And you just go, you read it, you hit acknowledge. That's it. I don't have to read anything. I don't have to be treated yeah. like a child. Yeah, we call them CBTs, computer-based trainings. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Uh, I'm going to finish this off. Uh, for this page with uh, Dave Dorflinger. I went to school with Dave. <laughs> I like uh, Dave. He's with, one of my, he's with my cousin, which is, which is funny. But he um, said, there's no cop. I want to chase my kid around when she's old enough for shenanigans than Larkin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm going to be like, go tell your friends. And I'm older. I probably right, won't catch her. Right, But, no, he'd have, he'd have, to, he'd have to move now. <laughs> well, he'd have to move out of Ridgeville. Well, you could just send her over to North Olmstead. Listen, any shenanigans happens in North Olmstead. But no, it's, um, you know, we have to close this chapter as sad as it is. Um, I know that it has brought awareness to the podcast. It's brought awareness to the issues that are going on at the city. I think um, I don't want to put it all on the mayor. I think the mayor is a good dude. I think the mayor has an opportunity here to right the ship. I agree. I agree. I want, you to, I want you to touch on that a little bit, too, so, so everyone understands where you're at with him. Yeah. So the mayor had a chance for three years to fix this, okay? But... So did Gillock. 
for all the years before that. Yep. Uh, Rick Thomas, who I love. I, one of the best chiefs I've ever experienced, one of the best leaders I've ever experienced. Um, I, I would go to battle for this guy. But he could have reined him in, right? People let Mike Freeman get away with this for far too long. And every time Mike Freeman got away with it, he got stronger. Sure. Right? He, w- he was emboldened. Um, and, uh, and if this investigation or review or whatever they're calling it now doesn't go this way, if they, they find that he didn't violate anything, it's going to be unworkable there. God, he sounds like a Democrat um, in Congress. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, Kevin Corcoran, he, listen, I am just glad that he's doing something now, right? I, I don't know. It's hard for me to say that he didn't understand the gravity of the situation because we've come to him before, but I don't know if he understood the gravity of the situation. Right, right. You know what I mean? Until, until we released the, the union, John Zingali has done amazing work with that survey. Yeah, shout out um, to John. Yeah, for real. I, I mean, need that survey, actually, because I need to use it. What, for somewhere, your, for your place? Else. Okay, okay. I'll, yeah, I'll get a hold of him. Uh, but he has done amazing work with that survey. And this isn't just about me, right? Um, this is what I said in council. I said, look, I got a platform to be able to raise awareness on this like the association doesn't. Because 30 years and 30 years of running the, or you know, however long for running the Facebook page, things like that. Um, but the association's the one that's putting the work in on this. Mm-hmm. All I'm doing is bringing mm-hmm. awareness to it. I, 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 listen, I'm not going to throw my support behind the mayor yet until I see how this plays out. But what the mayor is doing is very encouraging to me. Good. I, I am glad that he is taking steps and he can fix this. He can fix, he can write this ship. And if he fixes this for us, I'll throw my support behind him hundred percent. When the dust settles and he agrees to it, will you have him on the show? If he agrees to it. Because sure. now that, now that you are off of that, out of that station, I think it's doable. Sure. No, I would. I would. And I think he would trust us. I mean, we're not going to ambush him. We've never ambushed a guest here. Sure. Sure. But I, but I've already caught wind that, that the Democrat running for that position is interested in getting on this show too. So we haven't even spoke about well, it. And again, I mean, we wouldn't ambush that guy. Right. You know, you can come here and you can make your own bet. I mean, people that listen to this show are pretty good at sussing people out. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're going to come here and you're going to bullshit, they're going to see right through you. Right. So, right. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not opposed to having both of them on here, especially because we have a, we have a huge local following. Yep. I'd love to have them both on here. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe have them on here at the same time. Shit. Yeah. That would be something. Have a moderated debate. I mean, no, but I feel like I feel like the guy, the incumbent now, the guy who's in, has a pretty good handle on how it operates. I feel like the Democrat that wants Look, that I, job. Two, let me say two with Kevin. I've been friends with Kevin for quite a while. And, um, you know, and I said earlier that had the mayor even reached out to me, that I could have been talked out of this. And he didn't. Now, in his defense, he said, look, I know that there was a grievance filed. I didn't want to taint that process. Right. And he's come to me and said, look, looking back on it, I probably should have come Kevin to Jim and talk to you. Yeah. But I was trying not to taint the grievance process, which is a professional. Outlet. It is. It is. And, and I can I can give him a pass on that. Mm-hmm. Who I cannot give a pass to is Mike Freeman. Right. And well, I'll just leave with that. Hey. I can't I can't I can't give Mike a, a pass on not not just asking me what is so bad that you got to go, you know, just. Fuck you. See you later. Don't let the door hit you. Yeah, in the ass. because in, in his heart he knew what was so bad that made you have to go, and he can't look in the the, the fucking mirror. No, he can't. He's blaming me and John Zingali for this whole thing. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. And John still has to work there. Yeah. <sighs> Upstairs oh. with him. Oh, look! I've told John that he needs to he needs to be careful. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. He just needs to be careful. I get it. I get it. Um, but yeah, listen, man, I. Fuck, I miss North Ridgeville. I love you guys. Already, yeah. I do. But you still I, get the love and support from everybody. Yeah, but it's not the same. You oh, know I what? Can. I want to come answer your calls, right? Mm-hmm. I want to fix your problems for you. And your I pools. want you to know that I'm, huh? <laughs> and your pools. And your pools. <laughs> I also fix pools on the side if you guys want. Um, but no, I, I do. I, I want to fix your problems. I want to be the one that you call for help. Mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, I mean, I believe, you know, me and religion, but... Uh, I believe I was put here for a reason, right? I, I was sent here to North Ridgeville to, you know, after I went in the military, I came back here to serve this community. And for me to leave, man, it's, 
And I'm going to take that same passion to, to North Olmstead. Um, you know, it's kind of like stepkids, I guess, right? Yep. I have, I have North Ridgeville. I love you guys. And now I got these stepkids over here in North Olmstead, and I love them too, yeah. right? And I'm going to – And it's going to go fast. You're going to be surprised how fast it goes. Yeah, no, it will. But I'm going to give them the same level of service that I gave North Ridgeville. But I am always here for North mm-hmm. Ridgeville. I've already had somebody reach out to me, and I'm going to get back to them um, uh, with a problem they're having in North Ridgeville that I can probably handle for them. Okay, so that, that, that's, that's good. That's good. And I'm still here, right? Yeah. If you got a problem, you don't know where to turn, whatever, just reach out to me on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. um, our friends at Between the Bun want you to do a guest bartending <laughs> I know. spot. I know. And uh, you know what? Laisha, you'll, you'll pack the house, Laisha right? should just uh, you texted know? me. But I, I'm just trying to figure out what my schedule is going to be before I actually get back to them. Yeah. Uh, yeah they, have need, agreed, they have agreed to um, all the tips and 10% of the proceeds to mm-hmm. go to the North Regional Police Association. Um, I said and Someone else said they were going to match it, too. I forget who it was. Match, I think, up to the first 100. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, and I said, I, I would consider it if all the tips, if everything went to the association, because they're the ones that are fighting the good fight right now. Yep. So, and they said they would do it. So, and then I haven't talked to John yet. John's opening his party room. I just dropped this on Jim today and Jim is not ready for this, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. He's going to give me one time. We are going to do a live show. I don't know if we are. We are going to do a live show. <laughs> From oh, from between the buns party room and it, it can only seat fifty or fifty one people, uh, but we are going to choose the people who have been who supported us and have been behind us this whole time. We'll be the first ones to get in to see it. We're not going to record it because we probably it probably won't be good for anybody. We're not going <laughs> to you know I don't want cell phones out uh, unless there's some things that I'm doing that you may be able to record. It's going to be like Sons of Anarchy when you come in. You got to put your phones in the basket. <laughs> I'm going to be in there with a wand. And I feel like you and I can serve for, for two hours. Um, people also want us to do a – I don't think we can get on stage at the Corn Festival and do a live show, but I feel like we can get in the beer tent and do a live show from the beer tent. I'm not doing that. That yeah. I am not doing. Oh, dude, it'll be in the shadows well, of the I, I, Police I, Department I building. May, <laughs> I, may, uh, I may entertain a booth, but I'm definitely not doing the beer tent. No. No? I, no. Oh, it'd be so fun. Shit. Dude, we can hold serve in the pavilion. You know we can. Oh, dude, stop. Right? Okay. But we're working this between the bun, uh, and it's going to be a good time. So yeah, we're going to we'll walk see. you out with some made to rise. Star Spangled Banner. Jim, thanks for your service again. I appreciate all you guys. I love you all, seriously. We'll get back to it after this. All right.
Hey, Jim. Yeah, Dan. The perfect crime was committed last night. Oh, yeah? Someone broke into the police station and stole all the toilets. Hmm. Oh, kidding. Police say they have nothing to go on. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Shitty cop jokes. (laughs) I don't even have a response.